I saw you coming. I thought the meal train was starting. I was starting to get hungry. <laughs> meal train. All right. Uh, would you please turn in your Bible to the book of Ezekiel? Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. And um, this is a passage that we have studied a great deal over the years, and we have, um, we have focused on one of the words that is crucial in that, in that passage, uh, particularly the gap. And we, we, we've studied it in, in great length. We've discussed that um, um, Peretz is the gap, and then we've studied how that parats is uh, the breakthrough that happens because of faithfulness in the gap. And we, we studied that many, many years ago, and we've lived it. In fact, we, we have uh, even embodied that in our church life to where the last Sunday of the month we we stand on behalf of where God has placed us and the responsibilities he's given us in a Peretz way. And then on the first Sunday of the month, we pray, God, help us to break through. And one of the things that, one of the things that was really appealing to my heart uh, as we studied this was the passage about Peretz or breakthrough that talked about the breaker being at the head of us. And, of course, that speaks about Jesus, that the breaker would be at the head of the, of the army. And there were a lot of people over the years that talked about the, the quote-unquote, the breaker anointing. They wanted, they wanted the Lord come and bring breakthrough for them. There were even seminars and conferences called the breaker anointing, as if it was something that people could have hands laid on their head and the breaker anointing would come. But as we studied this, we recognized that the Lord himself comes to the head of the army that has been faithful to stand in the gap. If you're faithful in the Peretz, then you position yourself for a breaker. You position yourself for expansion. Um, and people want the breaker, but they don't want to take a stand. And it, the, the equation doesn't work if, if, that's what, if that's what you're believing for. And so, again, we've done an extended measure of study about both of these terms and how they're used in the Scripture and how they apply to us. But today, we want to consider this 30th verse from, a, from a, an extended perspective in a way that I believe God is highlighting in this moment. And it says this, I, being God, sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap, Peretz, before me, for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none to stand in the gap. That is a Peretz. The gap is the Peretz. If you look at this chapter in Ezekiel and you read it, it's very alarming. And the, the thing that is more alarming now than ever 
is that it basically describes scenarios that we live in every day in our nation. You, you have border issues. You have people that want to eradicate the, the, the laws. People that want to eradicate the mores that are accepted in society. People who, who are taking advantage of one another in, in a very despicable way while saying that they're doing good things. If you read that chapter in Ezekiel, it's like reading today's headlines. And it, it is a challenge, um, especially when you say, God, this is happening all around us. These are things that we see not just as a one-off, but as a pursuit by society. And God looked at the people during Ezekiel's day, and he said, in the midst of this, I sought for someone who would stand in the gap. And if I didn't find that person, which I didn't, the land is going to be destroyed. Do you realize that today, in the way that we see the world evolving, and in the way that society is just, just absolutely disintegrating, um, that the one thing that God has put into place for us, for the world, is people like you who would stand in the gap for him. Stand in your gap. Stand in the spiritual point of placement that you have specifically been ordered by God to represent him in. Um, that is a very sobering, sobering word, to stand in the gap. Well, what does stand mean? We, we understand from the Scripture what the gap is. The gap is the place that God has called you to represent him. But to stand is Ahmad. And if you looked at this same word in Arabic, it means to pursue after something with all of your might. But in the biblical usages, it, it says these things, that someone would accept a responsibility and fulfill it, that someone would uh, accept an assignment to act in authority, that someone would stand in the presence of God, that someone would stand during a battle and not run away and also stand all the way through to when victory comes, that someone would stand on behalf of a legal ruling or a document that attests to a certain thing. That someone would stand means to endure whatever might be coming against that stand. So all of those things, being in the presence of God, exhibiting authority, taking responsibility, being willing to battle, being willing to stand 
until the battle is won, to being willing to, uh, to insist upon what should be done by written authority, that it be done in your place, in your place. That does something incredible before the throne of God on behalf of the kingdom and on behalf of what the Spirit is wanting to do. You know that also this word was used in conjunction with a pillar, a pillar in the Old Testament. Now we know as we've studied in the New Testament that God says we're supposed to be pillars in the temple of, of God. That's what the scripture says we're supposed to be. To stelos, to, to welcome the kingdom to come from the temple here as God wants. To, to do what Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your, earth, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in order to be that type of an individual, you have to stand. And the place you stand is in the gap that God has assigned you to stand in. When those conditions are, are applied in the place where you're called to serve, then not only does breakthrough happen, but that place itself becomes a representative point of the kingdom of God. So, Yes, we understand that the enemy has broke through. There's a gap there, and God wants to fill that gap. Yes, we need to be faithful in that so the enemy doesn't have the ability to, to access at will in that gap. See, the problem is that we, in standing in the gap, we get discouraged because we see things that are happening out there and around us. And we get frustrated, and we, we think from our perception, well, what good does it do for us to, you might think this, what good does it do for us to pray? Look, th this, this is going to hell in a handbasket, or look at that nonsense over there. And we have to understand that we are not responsible for those other places. We're responsible for our gap, where we are. And that's an outpost of the kingdom. We are ambassadors for Christ which means that where we stand in the appointment of God represents the kingdom, and that's like heaven on earth. An ambassadorship uh, represents the country that they have been sent from in that land where they are called to serve. That block or that, that area is really the soil of that land. And this is a, a very important thing for us to understand. Because right now, and I don't, I don't really understand how God does this. <laughs> because when you read about what Ezekiel was saying in, in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 22 here, it's chaotic. It's horrible what he's describing. But God says, he doesn't say, you know, I sought for these people to turn around and get their act together or I'm going to destroy them. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I want all of you to repent right now or I'm going to destroy you. Now, he said that in other places, particularly Jonah to the, the people in, uh, in the land to where he was sent. But he, he doesn't say that here. He doesn't say, I've been watching you all and you just are, 
you're just embarrassing with the horrible things you're doing and you better get your act together or I'm going to fry you all. He doesn't say that. He said, this is what's going on in the land, but what I'm searching for is somebody to stand in the gap, to represent the kingdom right where you are, to stand before me, to stand and take responsibility, to stand and be willing to endure, to insist upon the kingdom of God coming right where you are, and to to insist on my word being cherished and fulfilled right where you are. It's like, a, it's like an oasis of the kingdom. And from that, somehow in spiritual warfare, it's like a, it's like a foothold in the midst of, of uh, a wicked land. And so we've got to reevaluate what we're actually doing when we say we're standing in the Peretz. And how has the enemy tried to get you to abandon your post, your responsibility? You know, are, are you praying the way that you should, the, the, the way you used to believe you should? Are, are you doing that every day? Are you faithful to that? Are you, are you willing to to welcome God and to, to, to enjoy his presence? Are you cherishing the word and growing in the word? Are you willing when you feel the pressures that the enemy would, would, um, would exert? And those are happening more and more in weird ways in this, in this time frame. I mean, I'm, I know I do things that might seem kooky to <laughs> to those that are uh, moving in denominational circles or particularly in the world, but but I can only judge comparatively what I'm sensing now with what I sensed in the past. And there are such dark dimensions that we are sensing the enemy is unleashed across our nation. And maybe it's because of the strife that over the past couple of years have welcomed evil work. Maybe that's kind of been uh, an enemy prescription of scriptural truths, principles that he has used to, to really bring wickedness in. And you, you, you hear things that people, maybe we should stop hearing the things that are going on in the news. Um, but you, you hear things that people say on the, in the media, and you think, what in the world? You know, I was talking to our brother Mark, who just returned from a state out west, and some of the things that he observed in person out there are just beyond disgusting. I mean, beyond, it's not even being critical. It's just beyond, it's revolting, some of the things that are just embraced and seen. And so those, those influences that the enemy is releasing and being welcomed by people are all around us. But at weird times of the day, I'll feel the enemy just press in, and you can feel the the disgusting nature of that influence 
And then, and then immediately you start sensing the suggestion, what good is it doing for you to, to do anything you're doing? And, and, and the enemy tries to, to trigger in your head, why don't you just, it's not worth it. I mean, why, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just stop? To try to get you to abandon your stand in the gap, in the midst of the wickedness that's around you. And I'm telling you, what you're doing on behalf of the Lord, what you're doing is vital to the kingdom. And it is really what is standing against the destruction that this, this world is really itching to have visited upon it. Now, that's not judgmentalism. That's not some old-timey prude, not woke enough to understand what really is going on. That's just, that's just the world we're living in. And so God searches for someone to stand. And all that this word means, I've said it twice, that's our responsibility and where do we stand through the power of the cross? In the gap. What is our gap? What, what is our gap? Well, it's, it's a twofold thing. First of all, it's what God has called you to be. And the beauty of it is that if people find what God has called them to be and where God has called them to be it, then that's a, that's a perfect union. It really is. What is the gap of this church? What, why did God choose this particular location from the foundation of the world? And all of the, the vitality in the histeme that this place is positioned in. Um, this is a gap that the enemy is not at all pleased that you have been willing to stand in. It's just, it's just the truth. I mean, I think of the things over the years that this, that the enemy has launched in the natural against this house. And I, I, you know, it's just, it's really amazing from finding dead animals on the doorstep that have been sacrificed to finding blood smeared all over the doors, both the glass back there, the doors up front, having people at all hours of the day and night, out on the, our parking lot, or, or marching around the building, mumbling, doing weird stuff, finding unusual things that have been burned out on the, on the front. The enemy hates the fact that you are standing in this place that is precious to God. He would wish you would just go away so that they could do their Simon the Sorcerer utilization of this histeme. Do you realize that? that? Now, that's not our motive to thumb our nose at the enemy. Our motive is to serve the Lord. But there are a lot of influences that have tried to stop you from being what you're called to be. For God, you are an, an exceptional creation that God cherishes. And, and the enemy does not want you fulfilling that in your own point of identity, and he certainly doesn't want all of us standing here 
serving God in this location, in this city, in this state, in this nation. And to stand in the gap is, is an important responsibility. Yes, this gap, it was, it was unattended. And, I'm, I, you know, I know that the people of God came here and established a church. That was wonderful. And I know that great things have been done over the years. That was wonderful. This gap, God directed this facility to be built here. That God directed the people of God, Pentecostal people, to come and stand here and to pray in the Spirit. And then God gave a, a fresh visitation of His Spirit for you and me. To, to move forward in grace into a new point of service according commensurate with the timetable of God. And those are all very important. And I know that from time to time, the Spirit of the Lord has directed some of you to, to really go the extra mile in intercession in this place and to, to offer up sacrifices that were beyond the norm. I've watched that happen, and I've... I've given thanks to God for your faithfulness and your willingness to do that. But we must cherish this Peretz because through it, the Peretz is already happening. We may not understand what all God has done through your faithfulness. I know that there have been incredible spiritual breakthroughs in this city that have happened because you have been faithful to pray here. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other people that are praying in other places. I'm not responsible for them. It's kind of like my, my parents said, you know, I don't care what the kid down the street did. You're my kid. And what comes next? As long as you're under this roof. And, of course, then Dennis probably thought, well, if I go outside not under the roof, can I do this? Uh, I know I've thought that. And if I did, he's quicker than me. He probably thought it. But, you know, the thing, though, is that I know that there are incredible points of, of uh, in-gathering that have happened, that are happening here now, that have been the result of people like you who stood and prayed. What is coming next? What, what is God going to do next? And how important is it for you to stand. And so, as we approach this table of communion today, this table of grace on this Peretz Sunday, this fifth Sunday of the month, um, I think that it would be a wonderful thing as we partake of communion and find our place to pray to, to, to offer ourselves in a renewed commitment, not only to the place God has called you to stand and all that it represents that we're aware of, but that, that we evaluate our own commitment, our own stand, and to say, am, am I willing, am I willing to be what God wants me to be in the midst of this darkness and gross darkness that's all around us and it's it seems to be growing darker with each with each moment you know again we're seeing things that 
that again, I when I would read the scriptures growing up in, in, in the 70s when everybody was talking about the second coming and, you know, the, the Antichrist and all those, remember those days, those crazy thief in the night movies that are so funny to watch now? Everybody was watching them being scared. You know, the exorcist came out and everybody got, had to come to Jesus meeting and, oh, those things really happen. Yes, they're happening around us. But, you know, I... I would read a lot of scriptures and, and I would think, yeah, I know that's going to happen. But I know it can't happen right now. I just was honest about it. I know there's no way in the world that right now the government is going to be able to monitor everything I do and cause me not to be able to buy or sell. I knew that back then. Anybody with common sense knew that we did not have the technology to do that. Now... Do you, you realize that with the preponderance of satellites that are being floated up there, every inch of ground on this earth can be monitored real time with great specificity. And every transaction, every transaction is, is, um, is able to be monitored and, and is, is going to be uh, managed. Um, I was telling Mark and Scott yesterday that Katie and I watched a, um, uh, a documentary about a lot of things that are happening in China leading up to the, uh, the Olympics. And there's a phenomenon going on over there right now. You remember when Hannah Montana had all the little girls going, you know, they'd fill Reunion Arena or wh wherever they would meet, and they'd all want to go see her. Well, there's this... There's this uh, animatronic little girl that is captivating the, the, the younger people in China. And they, they fill stadiums to go and see this robotic creature that comes, and it's just like a person. It sings, it does dances, it, it's just phenomenal. And the technology is improving, improving. You would think that it's a little girl. They were even interviewing this thing, and, and it, it's like a person. And I, I remember reading in the Scripture about how the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist, they're going to have an idol that speaks. And I thought, well, I think when we thought, we thought some kind of a stone thing like they'd find on Gilligan's Island that some demons speak through, you know. And I thought, well, how's that going to captivate anybody? But now we're seeing that, boy, oh boy, you're seeing it real time. You're seeing thousands of people be motivated by this goofy piece of machinery. And there it is. And, and you see all of these things that in our moment right now, you read these scriptures and you think, that could happen right now. Right now. I mean, we don't have to wait for any advancement. This is going to happen soon. It could be. Even the mandates that, that are a battle zone right now. You, you, you think we have it weird here. You should be up in Canada. Whew! It's crazy. It's crazy up there. And they had that, that massive uh, uh, caravan of trucks that all descended upon Ottawa to, to, to break the mandates. And, 
Uh, it's funny to watch the Canadian media talk about how these horrible people, and they show these hundreds of thousands of Canadians, not one of them, hor well, maybe one of them is horrible, but they're all just normal mom and dad kind of people, and it's kind of blowing the narrative out. But we're seeing the enemy do those kinds of things, and it's setting the stage for what's coming. They're learning from what's, from what's there. And I'm not stating anything whatsoever, one way or another. What I'm saying is the enemy is probing and learning how to do the things that the Scripture says are going to happen. You know, there's nothing we can do to stop what the Scripture says is going to happen. I mean, you can't pray the proper prayer, declare and decree anything that's going to stop what the Scripture says is going to happen. So you might as well just get that in your head right now. But what we can do is to do what the Scripture says we should do. And we can welcome heaven to earth. We can welcome the kingdom where we're called to stand. And we can represent the Lord in the midst of this corrupted world system. You know, you, you see, you know, nations. Uh, you, you watch what's happening like in, in Eastern Europe right now, and you've got like the nation of Hungary, um, which has been demonized by the EU and demonized by the media. I mean, just saying how horrible that nation is, how racist that is. And you, you, you watch what they're actually saying. We want families to grow. We want to encourage the development of the traditional family units. We want to encourage people to have children, and we want to help them financially so that they can, they can worship God and go to church and be, be people who, 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 love, who love God, have the freedom to love God, and we want to preserve our national identity so that we don't just become um, what all the world is. We, we're Hungarians. And, boy, that's a, that is a battleground right now. You remember, I was looking at that, and um, I remember many years ago when we were ministering in France, and Mark and uh, Anne-Marie Lebrun were talking about how that they would go and minister in, in, uh, in Hungary, and how hungry, no, that's funny, how hungry they are in Hungary for the things of the Spirit. And remember, we had a pastor who came to one of our seminars. He was only here for a couple of days. His name was Pastor, uh, pastor Juan. We call him Pastor Jan because he couldn't adjust to the, uh, the time difference. And, and I, I, we prayed for him, and we prayed with him for his country. And at that point, you know, again, it would have been easy for us to insist on going there to minister. But God told us, don't force any appointments. I will make the appointments. And so we didn't press that issue. We didn't press to go there. But I've been praying for them and for that church, which, which I don't know what, how many of the things that God imparted to him here he brought in there, but we are equipping Peretz points around the world because this is what God says. And again, again, you read the Scripture. Sometimes we might get discouraged because we see 
the horrific things that are going on around us, and we don't understand how such things can be. And we're tempted to, to say, well, what good is it? But God didn't say, and I said this earlier, and I'm coming to a close here. God didn't say, you, all you people better turn or I'm going I'm to destroy you all. He said, I'm searching for somebody who will stand in the gap in the midst of all of this. And that's where, that's where you and I are. So when we come before this table, we recognize that we are gap standers. And we are commissioned, particularly in this house and in the Saints Network, to make disciples across the world where God directs us to go who will also stand in the gap. That's what our job is, to be a light in the world and to, to take responsibility to stand and not give up, to not abandon our identity. The enemy wants you to stop being what God has called you to be. Only you, only, only you, like Smokey the Bear, only you can guarantee that that does not, that he does not succeed in stopping you. But we have a great responsibility to cherish what God has called us to be and to cherish this place and the places where you are called to stand around the world or around this great nation of ours. You have a responsibility to stand in that gap. And we must encourage one another by our example, by our prayers, to do that faithfully before God. God is with you, and he will be with you, but he won't make you do what you're supposed to do. The enemy does not want you to do it. You can feel those, those pressures being exerted, but we will not fall if we continue to commit ourselves to God. When we've done all to stand, we stand there for. And, but, it, but it's a point of commitment. And so as we come before the table of the Lord here in this house or wherever you might be honoring the Lord in, in Holy Communion today, recommit yourself to your calling. Recommit yourself to the place that God has positioned you to fulfill your calling and recommit yourself to the calling of that place and welcome the Lord. Welcome Him. And this is the power of the cross. And it's what our responsibility is as pillars in the temple of our God. So um, I'm very grateful today Katie's going to be um, singing a new song, and Elizabeth is going to be singing prophetically. It just blesses my heart to, to see both of you, and um, I'm very grateful for what God does through you prophetically. And I ask for an anointing today for this meeting to come upon you. And, and as we partake, um, may the anointing be upon each of you. And, and as, we, uh, as we take this bread, we remember that 
as it has been broken, you are the body of Christ. And that break point, scripturally, signifies where God has called you to stand and the limits of what he expects from you. And this cup of the blood of Jesus, the sprinkling that we need in our life, it's, it's invigorating, it's cleansing, it's empowering. And it is something that represents the patterns in the heavens, and it's something that the enemy can never, can never eradicate. So as we partake of this in our life today, recommitting ourselves to the Peretz and to the stand, I pray that God will mightily be with you and that His Spirit will encourage you. So I bless this. If you want to... Katie, did you want to sing this first and then invite them to come? Or what did you want to do? having their communion okay all right so can we all come and then you want them to hold it to a certain point no okay no, i think just taking it as their all right well let's come and receive then let's find a place partake and worship as as these young ladies minister to the lord god bless you